Are you flying under the radar? Is your sin going undetected? Does it come out only inside the four walls of your home, but others outside of it see a smiling face and somebody well put together? Do you scream and rage or keep information to yourself and hide it and feel like it's eating you alive? What if the way to uncover your sin or to expose your darkest struggles and actually start healing, find wholeness, and start living is actually found in something we are told growing up is something to run from? Or something to fight. Temptation. Are you uncomfortable yet? Who just started squirming in their seats? Good. Lean in. Because guess what? Today we're going to flip the script on temptation and learn to use it. So go grab your coffee and get ready. Because here we go. This isn't a game of ding dong ditch. And don't worry, I'm not a solar panel salesman. I'm just here to see you, friend. Whether you have spit up stains and cluttered counters or you're still in your heels from work and just getting dinner started, take a minute and come sit with me. Welcome to the JAR podcast with your host, Lydia, certified teacher, homeschool boy mom, oh Lord help me, and marriage ministry leader, bringing you tough lessons from my own journey to soul health and wholeness. Together each week, we'll discuss our struggles, pain, and shame. We'll combat labels and lies with biblical truth, and we'll work through our mess and come out stronger, more confident, and rooted in our identity in Christ. So move your pile of laundry over. Better yet, let me help you fold it while we talk. Thanks for letting me in. Now let's get real. Okay, before we jump into today's message, I need to read this review to you because it just blessed me so much. And I really needed to hear these words because sometimes I can get just kind of discouraged and not sure if what I'm doing is having any impact and if the messages that God gives me are really being heard. And this is from someone named Jeanette. She is in my Facebook group, Christian Wife and Marriage Community on Facebook. You can find it in the show notes. I love interacting with you, Jeanette. And thank you for leaving this very kind message. She says, I have been beyond blessed with this podcast. In times of uncertainty, the JAR podcast has brought hope back into my life. It has encouraged and also taught me that with God, everything is possible. As I keep listening to every episode, I'm always drawn back to Christ and his love. This podcast is so raw in love. I'm just so blessed by it. It brings conviction and I'm okay with that because I want soul health And it's so nice to know that I'm not the only one who's seeking it. You are not the only one. And I just, I'm so glad that that's resonating. That there is a community of you. That there are other wives out there who are seeking to do better, to be better, to find their identity in Christ and heal and be whole in Him first before they are in their marriage and I just thank you from the bottom of my heart for sharing that with me. And if you have not yet left a review, this is what it's all about. It's about other people finding the podcast and getting the same thing, finding that hope, getting that conviction and that truth in love, of course, that helps to transform from the inside out because that's what God's word does. So, okay, into today's message. The title is a little bit triggering, right? You think temptation, you think bad, stay away, 
don't talk about it, don't deal with it, hide it, run from it. All the things that you learned in Sunday school, that temptation is bad, it's Satan. But is temptation really a bad thing? There's a biblical perspective that I kind of want to unpack today that I think is actually going to help you see it in a different light. And it's going to actually end up becoming a tool that you can use. But before we dig into all of that, I want to share a story. I had a conversation, um, I guess this was yesterday, with one of my sons. And I was addressing a choice that he had made that had gone directly against what I had said for him not to do. He'd been sneaky about it and quietly slipping away when I was busy doing some work to go do what he wanted. And later on, we were having this conversation about that choice and the disobedience and the temptation that that activity held that led him to say yes to it, even with my rule that I had said not to do it. And so we talked about how the activity that he chose to do wasn't bad in and of itself, but because I had said no and that he had still decided that he wanted to go do that thing, the issue here was deeper. It showed me he was tempted by selfishness and a desire to get his way no matter what rules I had put in place. And this is not a unique struggle. <laughs> this is something that even you and I struggle with, right? Well, in our homeschool co-op science class, um, we've been learning a lot about plants and biology and studying the parts of plants. And when he was frustrated that he and I were having this conversation and talking through it, he didn't even want to really listen, I referenced the purpose of the part of the plant that we had just learned about, the roots. And I said, what I see in the choice that you made is that you gave into temptation to do what you thought was better for you, more fun, more independence, but you broke my trust to go do that. And if we don't address it right now, that tendency can be or become a root that grows and has a greater hold on you later in life. Today, it might look like you sneaking off to go play outside with your friends, but when you're a teenager, it might look like sneaking out to go drive to a party and getting in a lot of trouble or bigger and more dangerous consequences possibly happening. God teaches you to hear his voice and listen to Holy Spirit warning you or convicting you when you feel tempted by listening and obeying my voice right now. So the part that I want to kind of zoom in on is the part where I said that he gave into temptation to do what he thought was better for him and it ended up breaking my trust because that's really the the meat of this message is that in the moment there was a choice to be made to make a choice that he thought was better for himself or one that would honor me and keep our connection, keep our trust strong and not something that is now broken and he's having to rebuild that. And I know you can probably think of times in your life when you have done the same thing in that you have chosen something that you deemed better than following what you know was the right thing to do and it ended up breaking trust either with your loved one your spouse your husband or with God or both now if you're anything like me and you grew up 
in the church, the word temptation just makes you squirm. Like it just makes you start to blush, makes you kind of pull at the neck of your shirt a little bit. Like, ooh, it's a cringy word. And it's something that I at least got the message was something that I needed to keep out of my life. I needed to be so perfect that I wasn't even tempted to do anything. And if anything was a slight temptation or if it even tempted my friends, it made my to do not do list. <laughs> it was added to that list of stay far, far away, which, okay, yes, it's good to not do those things. But the reason behind it was this is scary. I don't want to fall into this and either be perceived as bad. What will people think? I'm going to disappoint God. And basically just reasons that were reflection against me as a person. And I was totally missing the point. There's a a quote that I want to quote from a book that I'm reading and referencing throughout this episode from the book Altered. It says, temptation shows us the places at which we are still responsive to sin. It pinpoints the weak places. It exposes flesh. The stimulus can only entice if a root of unrighteousness is present. Temptation exposes impurities. It unmasks our hearts so that flesh cannot lurk there undetected. It exposes flesh and forces a crucifixion moment. Temptation forces flesh into the light where it can be destroyed. So that might seem kind of heavy, but really, I felt hope while I was reading that. I felt like, oh, a light bulb kind of went off in my mind, like, oh, temptation is a tool. Like I've been talking about recently, emotions are like lights on a dashboard. They're just indicators. It's just something that comes on and you go, okay, what's what's really going on? What is the real problem? We have to get it fixed. We need to take it in, get it assessed, and get it fixed. Well, temptation is the same thing. I never thought about it this way, but it's something that when we feel tempted, it's like the light on the dashboard coming on. Oh, something inside of you is unrighteous, is bent toward this particular sin, It's a weak place in your heart. It exposes all of that. So actually, temptation is like a flashlight. It highlights everything. It shows, it reveals, it exposes. And what happens and what potentially happens when we allow our sin to come into the light? When we bring our sin into God's light, I can't help but think of movie lines and scenes almost all the time. There's always a movie line for everything. And my family and I can have entire conversations with movie lines. So when I was thinking about this, learning about it, I thought of Beauty and the Beast when Belle is taken up into the tower and she hasn't seen who the beast is, but then she says, come into the light. And he steps in with just this big hairy foot and then it eventually his whole body is in the light and she sees just how huge and hairy and ugly he is and she's scared of him and that's what temptation does. Temptation is the light that's overhead. That when it happens, you have a decision to make. You're face to face with it and now it's a choice. Now you either 
go with it and you follow it and you decide to give into it and you shove it back into the darkness and hide it or you take the opportunity to go, whoa, that's ugly. That's in my heart. That's ugly. And expose it and die to it. I'm going to explain that point a little bit later, but I want you to think about this for a second. I really want you to think about things that typically tempt you or things in your past that have been a temptation, whether it's drinking, drugs, sex, lust, money, shopping, whatever it is. What has been a temptation in your life before? And what do you think that was revealing about your sin nature, selfishness, greed, pride? What was it potentially bringing to the light, but you chose to let it lurk in the shadows? And maybe it's ongoing right now. Maybe it's not in the past and it's right now. Maybe you're in the thick of temptation. I wish that I had this message to listen to when I was in the thick of temptation. I wish somebody would have been like, Lydia, here's an episode. I know that this is going on in your life. Just listen to it. Because if only I had had this perspective eight, nine years ago, I would have been saved from so much shame, pain, anguish, sadness, guilt, all the above. So if you're in the thick of it right now, please listen. (laughs) And if you're not and you know someone who is, please share. Here's a couple scenarios that may resonate with you. Your husband asks you what you spent on the bags that you're bringing in from Target. What's the temptation? Probably to lie about how much you spent, right? You quickly round down to the lowest $100, then subtract an extra $50 for tax, (laughs) and blurt out a number that really only represents what you spent on maybe one of the bags. Here's another one. You're in a disagreement with your husband and you're feeling so hurt and angry by something that he's done and you feel the curse words and the verbal vomit rising up in your throat. The temptation is to not be patient, kind, or gentle in your speech and you kind of just want to give him a piece of your mind. Here's another scenario. You and your husband have been at odds for a long time. You've given up trying to work on things because what's the point? He doesn't seem to want to try any harder. And then one of your friend's husbands catches your eye at dinner. Or you notice a man in church who seems like such a godly leader in his home. And your mind wanders to what it would be like to be taken care of that way. Do you hear the temptations in each of those scenarios? Can you identify with any of them? There's so many other possibilities. These are just a couple examples. There's temptation in that last scenario to lust to betray. And it's so stinking sneaky because initially it might come across as, well, I deserve that. Well, he should be better. I'm trying so hard and he's just not. And these little seeds of doubt and lies that you're believing turn into temptations that end up costing you a lot. There are so many potential little temptations on a daily basis And so many of them are swept under the rug. They're not dealt with or addressed because you make excuses of partial truth being enough using phrases like what he doesn't know won't hurt him or you haven't acted upon it yet. So to you, it's not a big deal. Yes, it is. But the good news, the good news 
is that even our Savior was tempted. And we can see the example that he set for us. He used temptation as a tool that led to purity, to holiness, and kept unity with the Father. Jesus saw temptation for what it really is. Lies. It's just lies that the enemy spoke about that plant doubt in our minds about God's character or about what's best for us. And we all know what it says in Romans that for the wages of sin is death. But you know what else the Bible says? In 2 Corinthians 4, 10 through 12, it says, Always carrying the body, the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our bodies. For we who live are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, so that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. So death is at work in us, but life is in you. Did you hear that? Where there is death, there is also life. There, In order to have a resurrection, there has to be a death. The resurrection power living in you as a believer is readily available to help you die to your flesh. Not just after the fact, not just when you have sinned, which yes, there is hope and restoration there too, but even when you're tempted, your flesh is wanting to do something against God. And temptation, again, is that spotlight that's showing and revealing all of that inside. And that's the choice you have in that moment. Are you going to die to your flesh to say no to that temptation and instead allow a resurrection in its place? When you die to yourself, the life and hope of Christ in you wins, raises you back to life and allows you to truly live a spirit-led life. Little daily dying to our desires, our temptations, our acceptance of these lies and beliefs When we surrender them and lay them down, we have renewed minds instead. When we alter our flesh, when we lay it down, instead of weakness toward that temptation, we have renewed strength. We have restored relationships. We have unity in our marriages instead of division. Imagine the scenario of your husband speaking harshly to you. Maybe he's making assumptions. He's interrupting you. He's negatively interpreting everything you're saying, and you can't get in a word edgewise to explain how you feel or even think long enough to speak about the issue. You're suddenly now having to address not the original issue, but now the hurt that he's causing or his tone that's hurtful. Here comes a temptation. Your flesh tempts you to snap. You morph into this animated, theatric, loud person that's angry. Okay, now imagine taking a breath, remaining calm, asking God in that moment, yes, it's actually possible to hear what your husband's saying and talk to God at the same time. You can hear what your husband's saying and simultaneously be in your head saying, Lord, help me right now. I'm about to lose it. (laughs) I'm about to lose my mind, but I need your peace. I need your strength. I'm not going to explode in anger. Please strengthen me to respond lovingly. So imagine telling yourself in that moment of temptation, no, 
This temptation is revealing to me my desire to be right. It's revealing to me my selfishness to, to make sure that I'm heard instead of listening to him. And you can say no. I refuse to react that way because I know it doesn't get us anywhere. So honestly, one of the things, well, the thing that Christ used when he was in the desert for 40 days being tempted, think about the purpose of that. Why was Jesus tempted for 40 days? And maybe you've thought about this and you already know this. Maybe you never have and this will be some insight. Jesus went through temptation after temptation and fasted and prayed because he was maturing because God was growing something in him before sending him out in ministry it was something that he walked through to practice spiritual resilience and the thing that he used each time that Satan tempted him was scripture was the truth plain and simple. No argument, no need to puff himself up or prove himself. He simply spoke the truth. And if you know about the armor of God in Ephesians, the only offensive weapon is the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. So let's go back to the scenarios that I said earlier, where you're hiding the target shopping bags, or you're in a disagreement with your husband and about to explode. Or you've been at odds with your husband for a while and you're tempted by another man. If you are in the word, which that is the ultimate goal here of all of this. And there are some tools to use that are very simple, especially these days with the internet. You can just Google scriptures about whatever it is you're facing. But I recommend memorizing a few. Just start out with one if you need to. Find a scripture that directly combats the temptation that you are struggling with. And if you need help with that, we have the Facebook group where we post about scripture that can help with certain situations and scenarios and other people are in there that can help bring some good ones up. But let's go back to the scenario where your husband asks you how much you spent at Target. The first verse that popped into my head was Proverbs 12, 22. The Lord detests lying lips but he delights in people who are trustworthy. So in that moment of temptation to say, oh, I just spent whatever it was, which is not the truth, to quickly remember, the Lord detests lying lips, but he delights in people who are trustworthy. So you tell your husband the truth. Whether he likes it or not, you tell him the truth because it's the right thing to do. And the temptation that you felt to lie, don't just ignore that. Don't just go, oh, well, I didn't lie, so it's not a big deal. The temptation to lie is worth paying attention to. That's the spotlight on something in your heart that is driving you to dishonesty, that is wanting you to hide something, facts, information out of whatever it is, shame or guilt. And so it's worth digging into. Maybe you can't in that moment, but don't just sweep it under the rug. Bring it up to a friend and be like, man, the other day I brought some bags home and I don't know why I didn't just tell him how much I spent or I did tell him how much I spent, but I just had this feeling of I felt uncomfortable and I I wanted to lie about it and dig into that for a little bit. The next scenario 
where we talked about the disagreement where you feel anger rising up with the temptation to be unkind and mean and harsh with your words. A verse that came up to me was Ephesians 4.29, and I typically use this with my kids, but it definitely applies to me a lot. (laughs) It says, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. So as you feel that anger rising up, you can quote that verse and target that temptation with truth so that you don't sin when you're tempted. And again, just because you responded kindly and you didn't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth doesn't mean you weren't tempted. You made the right choice in that temptation. You fought it the right way. But why is it a temptation in the first place? Pay attention to that. That is a spotlight on something inside of you like selfishness or anger or misplaced identity that needs to be addressed. The fact that there was even a temptation in the first place is an indicator that there's something that wants to take root in your heart and in your life. The third scenario, the last one, the one where you are tempted by wanting more for your marriage. Not a bad thing. We should all be working toward improving, working toward unity, We should be the iron that sharpens iron and helping each other grow. But when the temptation comes to look outside your marriage, to look at another man, look at his wife, and what you see in that moment is he takes care of her. I want to be taken care of. She looks happy. I want to be happy. He looks like he's a good spiritual leader because he just prayed in front of people. My husband doesn't pray for us. All of those little lies... Or maybe they're truth, but they're leading you to believe something about your marriage, about your husband. And so you're tempted to want something that you don't have. The verse that came up to my mind here is Titus 2, 4 that says, So that they may encourage the young women to love their own husbands. And so I'm probably beating a dead horse at this point, but don't ignore that temptation. This temptation is a costly one. And if you ignore that temptation and think, well, I didn't do anything wrong. I just looked at him. I didn't do anything wrong. I just thought about this. That temptation is there to point out a weakness in your heart, to point out an idol that isn't God. And this is an opportunity to use that temptation, not as something scary and run and hide but face it face that temptation head on like jesus did in the desert he didn't run away when satan came and tempted him he looked at him and he said you know what here's a scripture here's the truth he moved on no big deal satan came back at him he said okay here's another scripture move on these temptations don't have to be scary or wrong They are simply tools that you can use to surrender them, to die to your flesh in that moment, and in that death comes resurrection. When you alter your flesh like a sacrifice on an altar, you alter your flesh, you lay it down, and you let God resurrect that 
and bring you life and peace and resiliency and joy and patience and all those fruits of the Spirit. So I want to close with a simple prayer that you can write down, you can listen to again, something that I think will help. It's helped me. So when you're feeling tempted and it just kind of feels awkward, you're just not, you're not used to dealing with temptation this way. I get it. This prayer may help. Lord, I'm tempted to this sin. I know that even Jesus, you were tempted and you used truth to choose unity with the Father, wholeness and purity. I lay down my desire to be right or my desire for pride, whatever it is, fill in the blank. I lay down my need to be heard that leads me to yelling and unkind words. Bring life into this situation. Resurrect that death in me. Take this temptation in me and reveal to me the unrighteous root that it's stemming from. Create a clean heart in me, God, and renew a right spirit in me. Amen. Loads of love, Lydia. Second Corinthians chapter 4, verse 15. All this is for your benefit so that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. I'll see you next Saturday, same time, same place.